Welcome back, everyone, to episode number 31 of Scratch Track. As always, I am Darren Lammers. I'm Kyle Dykema. And uh, with us today, we have a returning guest. Um, uh, if you've listened to our podcast long enough, you will know him as the Wilson Scomel. <laughs> We'd like to welcome him. And also, now. you would know him as that now, even if you haven't <laughs> heard of him before. <laughs> he does have a different identity. <laughs> Wilson's what... changed his name. That's what you have to. That's what you think, man. I'm a completely different guy now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna start having characters on our show now. Too. That's right. Uh, hey, my name's uh, Tony Pepitone. I'm from <laughs> South Brunswick, New Jersey. Uh, uh-huh. I own a shipping magnate, and uh, I collect large golden rings. <laughs> <laughs> What's the biggest ring you have? Uh, it is the uh, the Super Bowl twenty six ring, which <laughs> Joe Namath had encrusted with the leftover uh, uh, fingernails of his nine children, and uh, it's fantastic. Sure it's, that sounds like it's worth a lot of money. It weighs I mean, a lot. It's hard. It's a pinky ring, and I'm just like makes my left hand completely useless. Uh, Wilson, you a big ring guy? Actually, really, no. I mean, I'm not much of like a big jewelry guy. Like, you know, yeah. wedding band. But it, yeah. I lost my original wedding band. <laughs> like, I ended up... Uh, really? Oh, man, yeah, no. Uh, I made like a pretty like, hey, let's find a modest investment on this because it's a very good chance that within like the first six months of me wearing this, it's going to go poof. And that's exactly <laughs> what happened. We we went, I think it was on like the honeymoon, just went to the beach. And it, I don't know if it was like, a particularly liquid sea at this particular <laughs> beach. Like, I don't know what was going on, but it was a good lesson, a life lesson for a man who has never worn jewelry to don't wear your jewelry in the ocean because mm. it's going to come <laughs> off. And that's exactly yeah. what happened. I, I've i never had it. I don't know. I've, I feel like my, my wedding ring, like it's never, it's never threatened to fall off, but I have had it like on a hot day where it's like, oh, my finger like kind of hurts a little bit because like, yeah. You, you don't realize like, oh, your hands like swell up when it's hot and they shrink when it's cold. And yes, when you have a wedding ring, that can happen where it will fall off. I'll be honest. Like, I think if you find one that like fits you pretty well, like you do end up forgetting about it. And that's, I mean, I would say that's probably what this one is right here. Like nine times out of 10, like I won't even notice that I'm wearing yeah. it. Hmm. Like it's just, it does now feel like it's kind of just a part of my hand. Yeah. Sure. Um, I think it also does have to do with like... <laughs> Here we are. We're getting into the fine details <laughs> of like jewelry and uh, like you can get them in like different hardnesses, I think, right? So okay. like you can get like yeah. there's different like toughnesses of like okay, you can get white gold, but the mm-hmm. carrot level, like for more carrots, it's more of like the essential element. But then if you go lower, it's more of like the base metal. So it's more durable and you can like kick it around and stuff. So I can like reach huh. in disposal yeah. whatever and not have to worry about scratching the crap out of it because you know i can take it yeah. yeah my ring has a lot of scratches on it and i i've seen people wear like those those like silicone rings or like those rubber rings when they're like working out and stuff what like so <laughs> oh, well, I, wait it's like keeping the plastic on a couch no or something? it's like <laughs> basically the way it was explained to me um was for some people when they're working out i mean if you like if you like lift weights and you have a, a metal wedding ring on or, or any ring, um, you yeah. know, that can kind of pinch a little bit and that can hurt. 
Um, so what some people do if they don't want to take off, well, I don't know. I don't know how this works exactly, but they'll take their wedding ring off at the gym <laughs> and put the silicone one on. Um, and that will be the ring they wear. Why even put, why put any one I, on? I think this is one of those things where people think like, oh, if I take my wedding ring off for more than an hour If I off, take my wedding ring off, I'm divorced. <laughs> so I just need to cover my wedding ring. And then... Yeah. It's like a technicality. It's like, uh, if I don't wear this for mm. an hour, my subscription to marriage cancels and I, I, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah, and I have to I have to get remarried again. I I don't know. I or or you take it off and you're immediately flocked by single <laughs> women who, right. you know, I yeah. I are tired of getting hit on at the gym. <laughs> Try marriage. <laughs> we hear it. We hear it. Procter and Gamble have invented a wonderful little silicone sleeve that you can use to hide any traces of marital infidelity or <laughs> eliminate the question entirely. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know exactly if it's like somebody. If it really is just like a comfort thing, like, oh, like if I feel uh, different if I don't have a ring on, you know, like much like if I don't have my wallet in my yeah. back pocket or my phone in my front pocket, I kind of have this weird like panic moment where it's like, right. oh, this thing that is normally yes. always on me is now gone. So maybe it's like a comfort uh-huh. thing that way. But if it also is like, hey, I want to let people know at the gym that I am married and <laughs> I'm, uh-huh. I'm, I'm <laughs> lifting weights to sculpt my body for a significant other. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's the case. Mm. Uh, do you guys have class rings? Oh God, I never did it. No. I couldn't. I couldn't hack it, man. Oh, I fell for that marketing scheme. That is oh. a. I mean, that is probably the first. Was ever that was probably the thing. first uh, like Ponzi scheme I ever <laughs> fell for was getting a class ring. It was uh, that and letter jackets were like yeah. the two things you could get in high school. Do you have a letter jacket? No, I I. Oh. Well, I I lettered, but I I never saw myself as like a letter jacket wearer. Like, See, that's the thing. Like, yeah, like by the time you're ready to like graduate or whatever, you're like this thing becomes completely worthless to me. I'm gonna wear this at college and be like the biggest mm-hmm. dork yeah. on campus. Like, yeah, right. but but a class ring is the same way. Like, if I wore my class ring around my college, it'd be like, oh, cool, you went to this high school that we've never <laughs> heard of. Like, <laughs> who cares? I you, I yeah. definitely, but I definitely was like. When the whole uh, class ring uh, store or whatever came to our school and were like, hey, you can like customize your ring and put on one side, you can put your school logo and on the other side, you can put like the sport you play or like Mm -hmm. chess club or like whatever. Um, Yeah, because it's interesting. The class rings, it's like it's like you get you have two sides of the ring that you can put like a picture on and then you like have a uh, there's like a spot around the the jewel that you can like write something. Um, usually it's just your high school name. And then you your have your senior the, quote. It's my senior quote. Um, <laughs> not, not all who wander are lost. Uh, yeah. oh. <laughs> you know, um, live, laugh, love and all those. I, 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 I got mine and I think I kept it very boring. Like I had my, my school mascot on one side and I think I had like a soccer ball on the other side because I, you know, I'm I played soccer, so I want to let the so world. So were you know. picking? Were you picking us from a selection of yes. options? Okay, mm-hmm. was it just like upload a JPEG and we'll put it <laughs> put it on the ring somehow? On one side, I'm gonna have pizza rat, and on the other side, I'm gonna have uh, uh, yeah something else. I I definitely I definitely mm-hmm. think I 
like I don't I, I think I was excited to wear my class ring but kind of like the letter jacket like mm-hmm. I, once high school was over it's just like all right this is immediately into a storage bin like I've never yeah. taken mm-hmm. this out yeah you could wear it at the gym to, so they knew that you graduated from high school I have I mean, a silicone class ring so everyone knows that I graduated high school I mean there's the guy who like I mean if you never plan on like kind of graduating into a different social sphere like you could just dominate by just being the dude who has the jacket he's got the <laughs> ring he's the legendary yeah. guy he's got the hot rod man oh yep. look out he shows up on friday nights to the football games he'll give you free beer dude yeah man <laughs> mcclellan bro mcclellan was the best best linebacker <laughs> we ever had bro like i heard he like had like he had like sex with four <laughs> girls in two minutes inside of like, <laughs> like Doctor Weaver's did, desk, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. Did you did you know a guy like that? Oh man! In in reality, I mean, so like somebody who graduated uh, but still like kind of. I mean, up. there was a lot of that, and Darren, you could probably attest to this, but like there was definitely big letter jacket ring energy at like yes. DC for yes. sure. In fact, that like that was. That was like being on Olympus was kind of like being in that tier of the social strata where like, and you lettered early, like these guys got letters for football, track, basketball, whatever. I, I didn't ever earn letters while I was at DC because you couldn't letter for being in choir or being in theater. Mm. I mean, now you can. I mean, I get really, okay. (laughs) That actually, well, good. Cause maybe it was because enough of people like me started just leaving the school. No, I'm kidding. No, (laughs) (laughs) but I did get to do that at Eagle Crest. But yeah, DC, that energy was big. Uh, Big public schools, I think it was already kind of falling out of fashion by like mid to late thousands. It's also so expensive. Like even the class rings, it was expensive. Benson. Oh, bro, they're making margin off you. They're making margin off all of us. Like, I remember it was like the same thing. It's like, here, come to our like infomercial, like, to, yep. like come and, you know, here's a bunch of like sheets for you to review yep. and you can get all these sorts of different customizations. You can get your letters printed on uh, a towel or uh, a framed photo <laughs> of your mother. And yep. like, there's all so many things. And it's just like, what can we catch these people on? Like what can, just yep. lower them down, bait the hook, reel them in. I mean, yeah. Yeah. In elementary school, it was the scholastic book fair. Oh man. They had my yeah. ass though. And they got me. Yeah. I mean, you get, <laughs> then, you get more for your money there though. Oh yeah, you do. I, I think. Yeah. You're also getting, you're also getting books, which educate you. Supposedly. I mean, right. I was getting like Pokemon books. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, sweet. Really? Wait, were these like narrative books? Uh, like no stories well, actually, or like game guides. No, well the the main ones, the most. <laughs> I, got, I got my subscription to Game Pro through Scholastic. The most books. important <laughs> one to me initially was the the Pokemon Handbook. I think it was called, which you know oh, just yeah. lists all of them, all the types, the mo- you know just it's it's what you need. You need yep. it. That's Absolutely. Sick. Yeah. But I think there was yep. like novelizations I... of the the cartoon show and like you know. All that stuff. Nice. Yeah. Was there ever was there ever Pokemon chapter books? Just like adaptations, I think of the show. Oh, okay. Oh in, man, I want to meet that author. Yeah. I want to meet the author who wrote yeah. the Pokemon the first movie novelization. Mm-hmm. I think I actually have that. Like, not oh, yeah. here. It's probably in my parents' house in Michigan, but <laughs> I I remember having wow. it. And it had like the uh, the the <laughs> middle part with like the pictures of the yeah. from the movie. Wow. You know. 
that's right like in glossy yep. or whatever like those pages would always yep. be different so you know like oh, yeah. you could flip right to them and you the got the thing that always annoyed me about that was like i wanted the pictures to be in the spot where they belonged in the story right like it was always annoying to me that you yeah. had to if you wanted to see a visualization of what you were reading you had to go to the <laughs> middle where all, the whole thing was just in the middle like even the yeah. ending yeah it's a spoiler bro <laughs> yeah. man <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not good no warnings, man. Wilson, did you ever get something from the Scholastic Book Fair? Oh, man. I mean, that was like, I think it was really just starting to take off in like the mid-90s, which is really like the heyday of most of my like elementary school existence was. I, yeah. So like it was really taking off. And that was like, that was prime time. We had like Goosebumps. Like Goosebumps yeah. had just mm. started. So like the first Goosebumps. And of course, like, the people who put that together, like the design was great. The stories were kind of novel and really, you know, scary, especially for that age. Yes, very much enjoyed um, when the when the little like and it came with that like soft paper. Yeah, like it was like this like it was kind of just like oh the catalog delicate. Yeah, yeah, like and you pulled it like from page to page. It was just like this beautiful little like ancient manuscript that you go through yep. the <laughs> colors. But yeah, Magic School Bus, mm-hmm. Goosebumps. Yep. Uh, Every now, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I distinctly remember Magic School Bus, Clifford, and Arthur, like definitely like definitely the big celebrities at this classic <laughs> book fair. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, what about Captain Underpants, too? And Yes, and Captain Underpants. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely remember being very interested in like the science books where there was like a, like a at-home chemistry book that you could do which is probably just a lot of like baking Mm. soda vinegar and food coloring tricks but like uh yeah i definitely remember a lot of books like that where i was or like i remember buying a magic book like how to how to do like magic tricks and could not Mm. get any of them but i just there's something about (laughs) did it come with did it come with uh tools (laughs) magic tools like car yeah some of them did yeah they were like they'd have like one of them, I think, like an entire chapter was like devoted to like tricks with string, like create <laughs> create knots that astound and amaze. And <laughs> I remember that specifically. Like, yeah, there was like a, a came with like a string and like a fake plastic wand. Um, I do have a question for you guys. What's that? So I don't know if this was too early on, um, and or maybe it was just like a generational thing. But like, I remember Tangential Scholastic Book Fair. I was huge on asking the parents for and this was like my big christmas gift i got a national geographic subscription every year Mm. and i would like collect the volumes yeah like they were and they had like they were you know the design was great they all came with like the big golden border Mm -hmm. with like the volume letter and everything and Mm -hmm. and even back then like this was pre-internet really and i think this is why like i was so entranced by them was like you couldn't like you would dial up connection. You wanted to see anything with like this vivid of picture or interesting of topic. Right. Like good luck. You'd have to go, you know, searching for an encyclopedia. But they were doing stuff like they. I think they had just like started to find like Titanic wrecks or something, and or you'd get like some picture of like a community in China out in like you know, the Tibetan plateau or something like that yeah. you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Man, I I remember just being astounded. Yeah. by some of the stuff that came in there and i would like dedicatedly hold on to that in fact i think it's i think it's still at my parents house i have to get it <laughs> just a shelf yeah. full of national geographics just it a is yellow, it's literally yeah a yellow bar of books 
Yeah. Yeah. Did they? They didn't. They didn't do this. But and uh, or correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe they did. The reason I thought of it was because I I had a subscription to Nintendo Power. Oh hell yeah! And on the on the spine, Man, lucky they would they would uh, have like a little tiny piece of an image. Yep. And then as you got more issues, when you like lined them all up, like on a shelf, it would make like a full image. So badass. I love did it. Did National Geographic do that? <laughs> no. Like a, they like a bear or something? They <laughs> yeah, that would have been amazing. Unfortunately, <laughs> they did not have the presence of mind. The uh, mm. the old hierarchs upstairs who <laughs> you know, were in- infested with syphilis and gangrene and just decided, <laughs> I just decided that no, we're going to stick with the old yellow border because we're, mm-hmm. we're yeah. cool with that. But yeah, I had to take like, I only convinced my parents because there was like a like, hey, there's an educational angle here. Don't you want me to be yeah. educated? But yeah, yeah, I would have traded that for like a Nintendo Power subscription in a heartbeat. I mean, yeah, but like <laughs> National Geographic, like I remember having those. I, I don't think I ever had a subscription to it myself, but um, I think like the school yeah. had a subscription or right. something, you know, because there were always new ones in the classroom. Yeah, mm-hmm. my a certain my age. grandparents had like they definitely got all the issues and had a shelf lined up with each of them. Mm-hmm. And I remember that was always my go-to when I'd go over there. Just like, you know, if, if, if I was left alone, I would just go, you know, pick one off the shelf and look, kind of look at the pictures. And I definitely remember seeing my first pair of breasts from a native <laughs> woman. <laughs> That's um, right. We were all nas- exposed early. On the National Geographic cover. Little, and little I, did they know. <laughs> I think I like, <laughs> I think in that moment I kind of knew it was wrong. <laughs> Or like, not wrong per se. It's not wrong to have breasts or look at breasts. Right. But it's, uh, what am I trying to say here? I'm trying to say that um, you were out of your depth. As right. a yes, it definitely was that moment where I was like, I'm experiencing something new, and I don't know if I should enjoy it. It's uh, that's right. It's definitely an interesting experience because it's also like, oh, this is clearly a person who does not look like me. Like this is a you know very very dark skinned you know tribesman. Uh, or tribeswoman, and I, I, I was just kind of like, ah, oh, interesting. It's kind of like don't wear clothes. Yeah. So, so, so interestingly enough, oh. I have a story that relates to. Okay, this. let's go. Uh, let's go. It, it <laughs> relates directly to uh, what we were just talking about. Uh, and I don't. My parents listen to this podcast. I don't think I've ever told them. This. <laughs> but uh, um, so it it's Nintendo Power, right? Yeah. I, was, I had a subscription to Nintendo Power. And when I was a kid, at one time we went to a garage sale and they were selling like all these back issues of Nintendo Power, like all the way back to like when it started, basically. Oh, wow. For like a whole collection. So my dad bought them for me. And then what a boss. We, we, were in, we were in the car and I was looking through them and I opened one of them and not part of the magazine, just inside of it, there was a a little photo of a topless woman wearing a cowboy hat. No way! <laughs> just like a card, like separate <laughs> from the magazine, like just stuck in there. Oh, man. And I was probably, I want to say I was like in third or fourth grade probably then. Oh, well, wow. And like, I just like panicked, did not know what to do because it was just staring at me and I like grabbed it and I put it in my pocket. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then like later flushed it down the toilet. No, you- <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Yes, wow. <laughs> that's right. Flush the shame away. Yes, yeah. kids learn early how to dispose of evidence. It is not mm-hmm. the trash can; it is the toilet. That is mm-hmm. that is 
exactly oh, what man. a child would do. Yeah. It's one of those weird encounters when, and this is a very heteronormative conversation, but when you do see your first pair of breasts, you're like, huh, <laughs> interesting. I don't know what compartment to put this in. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely one of those things, like, like you kind of encounter it in the most unlikely places, like the National Geographic, which, you know, isn't unlikely. <laughs> or Nintendo Power. Yeah, or Nintendo Power. <laughs> Man. It's kind of like, well, I wasn't looking for this, but now I know it exists, so. <laughs> you got to think that having, like, your first exposure to, like, genitalia of the opposite sex uh, binded to something that's kind of like a childhood love hardwires some very specific neurons in your brain. <laughs> One hundred like future dates. Yes. Like, uh, I mean, I don't know how far deep we want to get into this. Oh, but I feel <laughs> like always cut things but I, if we have. But to. I feel like we're already here. Yeah. Uh, you know, our oxygen tanks are rated for three hundred feet. And we're only at you know two. So let's go. Um, <laughs> I. I remember so very similar along the lines to your story, Kyle, uh, going out to my grandparents' place. Um, at this point, it was just my grandmother living there. Granddad was split. Um, that's a whole other story. But there was this old shed, and he was an old construction guy. And he had this like shed that was just like full of stuff, tons of stuff. Like I, He had a bit of a hoarding problem. And I think that was kind of like the leftovers. And my grandmother at that point was just too old to deal with it. So just kind of left it out there. And I remember, and I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever told anybody this story. So here is the premiere. Um, oh, that's exclusive. Yeah, this is, this is raw. Um, I remember going in there and there was all sorts of stuff, man. It was like that scene going up in the attic in the Goonies. Uh, yeah. But there was, yeah, there was just like, there was like just old, like uh, just a carpentry and boxes of stuff who knows mm-hmm. there's probably like a, a car hidden back there that i missed uh, in fact that was the legend that was supposedly like grand had had like stashed three speedsters throughout the state of texas uh in Whoa. in like a uh, bunch of like rental units or whatever that he like died and forgotten about man the legend um, rose for this grandpa wow this uh, i will tell you wayne layman was a mighty man his own <laughs> way uh, wayne layman um Anyways, went in, I found a machete, and then I remember poking this out, and this was like the first time, uh, it was a Playboy. Yep. With, on the cover... Nintendo Power. (laughs) If if only. It does have a literary angle, though, and this was the first time I remember the name. It was Margot Hemingway, the daughter of Ernest Hemingway. Whoa. And... I remember. Was she like a model? I guess this was just like her moment. And somebody was like, do you want to model for Playboy? Because then I remember going through and being surprised that there were articles in it. (laughs) (laughs) Because I I had no idea. And I remember actually like turning to and reading the article about like Margot Hemingway and her relationship (laughs) with her dad. Next to like these splayed out pictures of her in her ultimate female glory. <laughs> uh, I, however, I did not flush that down the toilet. <laughs> I do remember though. Yeah, I it, I do remember. I think it it ended up living in the shed because, of course, like we did not live there at the time, and I did not. I calculated my chances of being able to sneak this back home and. Uh, the the smart side of me decided that that was a bad idea. So I have a it, I have, yeah 
I have this image of you then one day, maybe in high school, where a teacher asks you, are you familiar with Ernest Hemingway? No, but I am familiar with his daughter. (laughs) Margot Peaches uh, Hemingway. Margot Peaches Hemingway. (laughs) Yeah, to this day, like, now I'm curious because now I'm going to go like, not search for the pictures. But I'm just <laughs> gonna go back to that shit. Like, I just wanted to like know what happened. Or, yeah, like I mean, grandmother, you know, rest her soul. She's she's quite gone, and that house has passed into somebody else's hands. So I'm curious what magic they found in that shed out there. But I, I like to think that some other young boy stumbled upon <laughs> uh, a great editorial piece regarding Margot Hemingway. That was. I love the uh, image of a young uh, child Wilson reading a Playboy. <laughs> for the articles <laughs> <laughs> i'm so curious i wonder Which, if it's like online like who wrote it like maybe yeah. it was i get the extra taste of it being like written by like stephen king or something like that because he used to write like <laughs> yeah, art yeah, articles that's right yeah um well we should probably go to a break yeah. uh and uh get our bearings uh and I'm not good at this yet. I'm not good at throwing to a break, but um, we're going to go to a break. So, yeah. Welcome back. I'm much better at welcoming people back mm-hmm. than I am at sending them away. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's uh, goodbyes are always harder than hello. Yes. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give myself some credit that, you know, welcoming people, that's my strong suit. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, for 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 the group here, uh, got a question for you guys. Um, I, this was this was uh, posed to me not too long ago, and I think I think it's a really good question. Which is, um, what is something that you feel like you should have known by now, but have only recently learned? And uh, I mm-hmm. I can give mine, or I have I have a couple. Go ahead. Um, w- one of them is uh, you're not supposed to put tomatoes or avocados in the fridge. Really? Uh, yes, they la- they actually last longer yeah. when they're out, like with like fruit and stuff. Like really on your counters. Yeah. So that was something that I was like corrected on and was like, oh, I actually never knew this, and like looked it up and was like, oh, that is absolutely correct. Like. <laughs> They're they're just they they last longer <laughs> they when you're educated. All of us. <laughs> I've been putting um, them in the fridge all this time, so I mean, I know I I might change everything. I I always did that too, but then I but I think about it. It's like oh, I guess when you get them at the grocery store, they are just like sitting out. You know, like they're they are just like on their. They're not like being refrigerated. Now I know like yeah. like broccoli. If you let that sit out on your counter, it's just gonna like wilt and sure. dry up. So like, definitely not like the best logic, but I, I actually have found that our, our tomatoes and uh, avocados actually last a little bit longer when they're, or, or they don't ripen as quickly right. if you leave them out on the mm. counter. Yeah. So I wonder if well, that has to do with like the fat content versus water content. So like broccoli, obviously tons of water, so it'll start yeah. dehydrating quicker, but then, you know, obviously you know, avocados mostly just like good fats for you. Yeah. Huh. I, I don't know. I, I I think it has like I definitely know like with avocados, if you want to ripen them quickly, one way to do that is to put them in the fridge. Kind of kind of like with the same with bananas, right? If you want to ripen them quickly, mm-hmm. you put them in the fridge. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say bananas are like the one yeah instance that I can think of where like I've put them in the fridge before. Like, yeah. ah, it's black. Yeah. 
You do the old paper bag I, trick too. You can stuff them in the paper bag. Yeah. No, and that's just something like once once I like once it was told to me and I thought about it, I'm like that actually does make more sense. Uh, but yeah, it's something I like. I think for a very long time I was just buying tomatoes and just instantaneously putting them in the fridge. Um, yeah. The other thing that I feel like I should have known for a long time and only recently learned is that when you're well. Recently, it was Valentine's Day, so happy Valentine's Day to all of you, <laughs> lads and lasses. Um, but I was, I was happy Victory and Love Day. I was buying uh, flowers for my wife, and uh, I have now learned that when you buy flowers, it is better to buy flowers that uh, the that most of the the bulbs, most of the flowers have not opened yet, that they're actually still absolutely uh, still collapsed i guess or unopened um Mm -hmm. because then you'll bring them home put them in water and they will open while they're at your house and i was definitely one of those uh stupid men people who uh would buy flowers that are just like oh they look great i'll get them now and then they die within a week sure uh and have now learned that oh you buy flowers that will open at your house later and they look good for a longer amount of time so and then if you if you want them to open up faster, you can put them in the fridge. Yep. <laughs> Bam. Hey. Full circle. Full circle. <laughs> We're learning a bunch. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, it's just one. It's it's those things that I'm like, man. I feel like like that just makes so much more sense. It's so much more logical. But like, no one has taught me that, or I never like I never like did any research on like how to buy flowers or what to do with tomatoes. So mm-hmm. the more you know. I uh. So the one that I thought of is not actually still something that I haven't learned. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's just it, it's something that uh, I think about sometimes, where I'm like, I should really know how to do that. But uh, and maybe it'll maybe it'll come back to bite me someday. Yep. Which is changing a tire. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I, I don't know how to do that, <clears throat> and no one's ever taught me. Yep. And uh, I sometimes I I freak out and think like I'll have to someday and not have a clue how to do it. Yeah. That is definitely one of those ones that the moment I had a flat tire was like, oh, I don't know how to do any of this. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, um, it's definitely a moment that catches you off guard because you're like, I <clears throat> this was bound to happen. And now mm-hmm. that it has, I feel entirely uh, unqualified to now change it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, I remember getting a flat tire in a parking lot and just like calling a friend and being like, hey, right. You know how to do this. I don't know how. So. I need your help right now. So that's what friends are for. Absolutely. It is a skill that like it, none, you can learn it in like, I don't know. The way I had to learn it was in, in the field. Like yeah, it was, uh, they, I mean, honestly, these days, I mean, gosh, they don't make it easy. What they usually give you, like, because the whole concept is like, okay, you got to like get some lift off your car right like you have to be able to take the weight off of the particular wheel so that you actually like get your ratchet set that if you're you know hopefully that your you know car has actually supplied you with if you don't actually have like a actual ratchet set in your car for something which would be weird um Mm -hmm. but like you got to get that weight off but what they give you is like these jacks that are like these like kind of like little triangle things that come together and like yeah. part yeah. of the tool that you use to unloosen the ratchets or whatever you yeah. turn it to actually pull those things up those things are ratchety as or like rickety as yeah. get out and like the professional guys are like call them the widow maker 
because they can like slip off of that like hard piece of material that's like between your car and the ground in like a hot minute. Yeah. And so they're just like cheap and mass produced and they will and can get the job done, but they're a total pain in the ass to work with. Yeah. Um, but you can't like once you do get it off the ground though, it is like, it's pretty straightforward, which is nice. Right. Like yeah, you just I get figured. the lug nuts off, you know, pull them out. Then, you know, if you have like locking nuggets or whatever, they usually give you the locks or whatever. Yeah. And then you pull it off and you stick on your spare or whatever. And yeah. you, they just make sure that you like, you stamp them down. Yeah. But the getting it off the ground part is always like the most terrifying mm-hmm. aspect of the ordeal. Well, Kyle, yeah. uh, by our next recording, I expect you to be an expert uh, <laughs> changing tires. It's my homework. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go slash Kyle's tires. Be right back. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of our listeners go sabotage Kyle so that he knows. <laughs> uh, Will, what, what's something you feel like you should have known by now? Okay, so I really like this question because I was able to like – it helped kind of formulate this whole like just – the, the ongoing narrative that is living in the age of Corona, like mm-hmm. it, it kind of like tracked back to like a developing personal experience and all sorts of stuff, whatever. But Hey, let's not talk about it. Let's do it. So <laughs> uh, all this time, especially like, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to bum anybody out here, but for the time, like I spent in the hospital, um, which I mean, I guess I'll clarify for folks who maybe don't know me as well. And maybe don't know my story as much. Um, caught corona uh was in the hospital for a stint uh did uh-huh. did the time um ultimately you know <laughs> it uh, it was uh it was not super fun um but was grateful to come out on the other side and uh yeah, you were complaining in. about the warden the entire time yeah the was just, just slowly <laughs> trying to dig my way through the wall uh to, <laughs> to, to escape and uh yeah they kept catching me by the uh the oxygen cord they just yank it back uh, but during that time while I was there, I found like a lot of, cause like you're limited to like a hotel cable, which is like reduced cable. It's, it's, mm. it's got a very weird selection of shows. It's basically <laughs> like if somebody just looked at like what the premium cable package was and you had to like put little X's by what you chose. It's like somebody did a, you know, drunk and blind. You got like Telemundo and then, uh, you know, something about, you know, professional decoupage or something. Uh, <laughs> but then, uh, the, uh, the the biggest channels that I had were like this old Wild West channel that would show like basically just literally nothing but Wild West TV shows and movies. Mm-hmm. And then Food Network, which became kind of like my just my comfort food for the entire time I was there. I, nice. I got through the process through the just rampant, r- unrelenting positive energy of Guy Fieri. <laughs> <laughs> but Guy Fieri isn't even the person who the story is about. So I'm going <laughs> to, yeah, sorry. We're getting in multiple levels here. Um, this is about, this is about Gordon Ramsay. Um, Mr. Gordon Ramsay, Mr. Uh, Kitchen Nightmares himself, Mr. It's terrible. It's raw. It's shit. We're shutting down <laughs> this restaurant this evening. <laughs> it's awful. Wow. Um, Gordon Ramsay is a big get for us. This is, man, this is impressive. <laughs> this right here. Uh, you, you call this <laughs> actual food? Your servings to real people. Um, no, my Gordon Ramsay impression is it, I'm workshopping it. I'm workshopping it, but I can definitely do it's raw. You wanker. Like, <laughs> I can do no, that. it's good. I like it. Um, but R- Gordon, uh, he, I, I found like 
there's so much prestige TV and good movies and stuff that I haven't seen. I own Criterion films that I haven't seen. Uh, but literally there's just sometimes there's moments where I'm just like, I just want to watch Gordon Ramsay just get into it with a bunch of guys who probably deserve it. But after like going through this, the tirade and the chaos of like his individual uh, just experience with TV, the guy has like YouTube channel stuff and he gets on oh, there. Really? Yeah. It's, it's like cook with Gordon Ramsay. Here's Gordon Ramsay cooking like basic stuff in 10 minutes. And, and there's so many shows out there. There's so many YouTube programs out there where, like, here's how to cook a pasta with bolognese. Like, uh, Binging with Babish is very popular. Um, or I guess it's called Babish's Cooking Basics or something now. But at the same time, I think something that really differentiates Ramsey in these videos is, like, he has and shows, and the way they film it is really, like, I think effective. It's very quick. It's very precise. And what he does is also very simple, but, mm-hmm. he, but also just it's very well tuned and you can tell like, okay, you know, he's serving this for people that he cares about. Usually he's cooking for his family. Um, but he's also using very accessible materials and he also covers technique. He doesn't necessarily sit and just say like, okay, chop and finally dice a bunch of onions. And then like cuts through that. He's like, no, here's the pepper. Here's how you slice the pepper. Don't worry about the speed. Speed comes with time. He's very much, he has like very good dad energy when he's doing these shows. (laughs) So all this, all this to lead up to the thing that is the actual like point of the question, which is, okay, what is something you feel like you should be doing? You should know how to do in your life that you don't feel like you have until recently. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoy cooking as part of like the process of just kind of like going through COVID. Like a lot of the fun has been through, you know, trying new cooking techniques or just trying to get better at something like using my Mm -hmm. tools better. And something that's always been really intimidating for me, which is simple in, in, in concept, but difficult in execution, is hollandaise sauce, which is just huh. egg yolks, butter, vinegar. But I tried it multiple times when I was younger, and it always stided me. It always turned into scrambled eggs. Uh-huh. So one day, there's like, this big hubbub about Ramsey's eggs Benedict recipe, which he puts together in like Mm. five, 10 minutes via his YouTube video, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, I've been through everything. I faced down, you know, death and all sorts of (laughs) craziness. I've had my, (laughs) I've, I've, I've stepped to the very edge of the mortal coil. I have faced Telemundo. I have faced the Western channel. (laughs) I've faced watching THX 1138. While in a hospital bed. Um, <laughs> that was a weird experience. Man, you want to talk about surreal. Uh, yeah. But I just watched it and I was like, I'm not fucking give this another shot. So hollandaise sauce, I think you look at so many blogs and whatever stuff out there. And it just it needlessly overcomplicates stuff because everybody's got to have their own unique technique. But then here's Ramsey. He's like, right, pan on, oil in the pan. Get this thing, you know, water in the pan. Get it up to a bubble. Gonna do like a slow rolling boil. Take your uh, glass bowl, put it over, egg yolks in. Start stirring immediately. Just keep stirring. And just the way that he goes through the process is like, he doesn't even have everything really written out, but if you just pay attention to it, the simplicity and the execution is just really easy to follow. And it's like like here, he, he's like making hollandaise. It's just like adding a little bit of vinegar. And the techniques are just really easy to understand. Mm-hmm. and to like adapt and it's like 
hollandaise is something that you'd only get at a restaurant. I've, I wouldn't dare trying to make it at home. Or poached yeah. eggs. Those are complicated in and of themselves. But then suddenly I found myself and I was like, just waking up one morning, okay, I'm going to try it. And I finally got it. And I was like, I just made a poached egg and I didn't totally nice. like botch it. And I just made a hollandaise sauce and it didn't turn into like an omelet in the middle of the bowl. Like, <laughs> okay, I think I finally had it. And I know that these are not like essential life skills like i would say that <laughs> maybe mean, like speak for yourself i mean hey you know but i think it was just it was really like conquering something that you were really intimidated by and then mm-hmm. being able to like sit down and i would say when you when you're able to like when you make something that's kind of you know like complicated and it tastes good like you like you sit down and you enjoy it like you it's not like you just made it and you're like uh we've all been there you're like okay i made it i finished the recipe yeah i guess this is what i got out of it but instead yeah. like right wow this actually tastes like what i wanted it to taste like and how i expected it to like that's a i think it's it's a special feeling cooking is one of those things where i i mean i i have met many people who are just like i don't really know how to cook so i just kind of don't like I, I eat out a lot and like definitely have more meals prepared for me than i prepare for myself and it's yeah. one of those things where it's like the first time that you make a meal that you know is like, you know, you like made this and cooked this and like followed steps to get there and then enjoy it. Like, it's like, oh, this tastes good. I I will make this again for myself. That is a yeah. huge mm-hmm. accomplishment. Absolutely. It's yeah. huge. And I think it's really special. And for anybody out there who has ever felt like, oh, I, I can't do this or whatever, man, y- you can. Yes. You know, it's another... Uh, like cooking related thing that I kind of just learned. And I think this might be a cultural thing. Um, well, I now wash my rice whenever Absolutely. I make rice. Yeah, to de-starch your rice before you cook it. 100%. Yeah, I, it, it does make a lot of, like, it does what's make the, it what, better. What's the shift or what? what's like the, if you don't wash versus if you do, you have a bowl of rice that was cooked without being washed and a bowl of rice that was cooked after being washed. What's the, what's the change? I mean, I only know it for like, like short white grain, like, like sushi rice, like washing it just makes it, it doesn't make it as like sticky and as like kind of like potato texture. It makes it like Mm -hmm. more of like a, like a polished rice. Right. I, I, it's kind of hard to describe. Like, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. necessarily, I didn't necessarily do it with like basmati or like brown rice, um, mm-hmm. which I probably should still. Um, but I think it just, well, Will, you explain it. You, you, you seem to know it. Oh no, no, you're completely right. I 100% agree with you. It's like, you, you ever like cooked rice where there's probably like too much water and it just kind of like turns a little, it's mushy. It doesn't have like the yeah, individual grain yeah. texture and definition. And then sometimes like those actual like grains have like, ah, it's almost like this grainy quality about them. Like, I just use grainy to describe grain. <laughs> um, but it, 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 it is it's kind like, of ricey, I would say. Yeah, it's a little ricey. Uh, <laughs> but it has like, yeah. it's 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 almost like crumbled, like these little mm. small starch. So what it is, it's like, it's starch dust that's like, you know, does like is your grains from just friction or whatever just like shaving we are themselves? We all starch off. dust. We are. <laughs> like it, all we are is starch in the wind. Like literally, I'm actually by true. Um, but 
you wash that off. It is as simple as just like if you have like a little sieve or a colander or something, which is like I think it does yeah. take like a fine mesh because the yeah you need a you need a, a thinner one right. So you need you do need that, which frankly I would say like that's another like okay this sounds like a high-minded kitchen tool, but comes with exceeding applications and so much stuff like if yeah. you're draining citrus juices if you like making cocktails or something like a little like mesh fine mesh sieve you will find a billion uses for it and they're like three dollars on amazon or wherever you like to buy it um but yeah it'll wash off some of that residual starch and you get more definition on your grains um especially when you're like just mm. like cooking in the pot or a rice cooker. Grains. Yeah, man. High definition. Mm. Get the 4K, 4K, 4K sushi <laughs> rice. But yeah, that's the only way I know them too, Darren, is like, yeah, you're using like sushi rice for... Man, we've we've gone from a, a, a semi-comedic mm. podcast to more of a life skills and a, <laughs> more of a, more of a, a self-sufficiency podcast. I mean, I would hope maybe people can listen to this while they're cooking and, you know, we, we just sort of walk them through it. Yeah, ah, there you I mean, go. what are cooking podcasts like that, that you like put on, you're supposed to put them on as you're making it and they kind of like, it's like, all right, it's been about 15 minutes, so your onion should be looking pretty good. And like, That's wow. actually kind of an interesting idea. <laughs> Does that exist? Yeah, if not... I like yeah, what this. if you like you have everything like based out around time, and then you have like little vignettes in between, like <laughs> sections like okay, saute your onions for three minutes, and now a quick little song. So <laughs> yeah, no, it's like a it's, or an ad for oh, a yeah. Casper mattress or whatever. <laughs> it's like a meditative podcast too. If you have like someone's nice like nice voice in your ears while you're cooking, mm. like yeah, I don't know Gordon Ramsay or <laughs> Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> you're burning Dice it. The onions, you wanka. <laughs> uh, well i think we should go to another break and then come back mm. for a game uh is that all right with yeah. you guys sounds great what if i said no mm, i'll get back to you on that one <laughs> would, would i just be holding you hostage here for this segment yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have to keep going <laughs> you, you would be um you'd be filibustering our podcast essentially <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i want to do another 30 minutes on cooking <laughs> <laughs> here we go i'm gonna read straight from this article of a nintendo power <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a naked woman. Oh, shoot. Oh, no. That's going That's down right. the toilet. I, I hid the point. JFK now. <laughs> I will sure. read straight from this <laughs> Nintendo power. That, that, was my, uh, that was my thought. But in my mind, it was Bernie Sanders. But it came, oh. When you become a politician, like when you become a politician, you all get the same accent. It's just That's a known fact. Thing. Yeah, that's no. not the power that no. this Nintendo can give to you. <laughs> <laughs> But believe what you can give to Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> that's not what your Donkey Kong Country can do for you. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> good. That's what your Donkey Kong Country can do for you. That's pretty good. Uh, that's what you can do. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to a break, and then we'll come back for a game. Yeah. And we're back. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got a game. Mm -hmm. It's uh, Game Corner. Game it's time for Game Corner. Okay, so to introduce this game, we are, uh, well, this episode will come out in March, mm -hmm. and uh, March is a time for the mad. Uh, it's time for... <laughs> 
I've, go a I've little been t- mad sometimes. We all go a little mad we in all March. A little spark of March madness. One mustn't lose it. That's right. You wouldn't like me when I'm madness. Um, <laughs> I so I thought today we could do a bracket. Oh yeah. And the bracket that I have uh, orchestrated for us, um, Will, you are a lover of Japan, much like myself. For sure, um, I am. I truly am the lover of Japan. <laughs> <laughs> From one weeaboo to another, to another, um, I thought we could do a bracket game of Japanese mascots. Now, <laughs> for those who are unfamiliar, oh, uh, Japan has too many mascots, a bunch of mascots <laughs> for everything. It is almost like having a logo for your company. It is just something that your company, your entity just has. So Japan has this love and affection for its mascots, and I have compiled 16 of them that I think are funny or weird or um, just all around interesting, and I thought we could see who we would think would win in a Battle Royale-style fight between Mm -hmm. the mascots. So, all that to say, let's begin the bracket. So, Group A, oh, wow. we have oh boy. Miura Tunosuke. Oh, I'm already in love. Who <laughs> is a samurai tuna with a noodle oh. on his head and the mascot of the <laughs> Misaki fishing port in Japan. He's actually, these weren't supposed to be this cute. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, this is, this is a tuna mascot wearing a bowl mm-hmm. on its head oh. and he has a samurai outfit on. And then we have Wasabi, who is a friendly wasabi root, <laughs> the mascot of <laughs> Okutama Town, Japan. Gentlemen, between these two, who do we think would win in a battle royale? Oh, I mean, I feel like there's some the wasabi guy. He's got the spice factor. He's got the spice yes. factor immediately. How, That's immediately where my mind however, goes. However, uh, Turnosuke uh, has armor, which I feel like already gives mm, him like yeah. a practical advantage he's he's like that noodle bowl too man you know that that's like a <laughs> tried and true restaurant noodle bowl it's probably made of like quasi ceramic you could drop it on a floor and it wouldn't break i mean <laughs> my guy is ready to go to war turn gives no fucks so the implica- yeah. the, the 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 difference between the two that i get is that our tuna fish man is on defense and the wasabi man is on offense. Yeah. Yes. I mean, so the wasabi man for the listener, it just looks like a root with eyes. Yeah. And a little flower. He's, He's green. got a little flower. He's got a little He's green, little cheekies, um, little red. Cheeks. I am seeing that the tuna man has a, I believe that is a radish sword. That's oh my God. It's oh, right. Yeah. He's got the daikon radish sword. <laughs> oh man. Now I'm not familiar. I'm familiar with wasabi. Yes. Uh, but is the root uh, just as potent in small doses? Let's assume for the sake of the Battle Royale that this wasabi man is a spicy, spicy specimen. Mm-hmm. So, man. So 
the really sad part is that you feel like they would really go well together, just like they do <laughs> Tuna in Tuna and Wasabi Siege. were just made They're for each other. They're not supposed to they'd fight. Be, they'd be besties, besties I should yeah. say. My dude, Tuna Nosuke, which I just literally just got the pun. Um, it took me a second because I thought it was an R, not an R. Uh, he's, he's, he's got the armor. He's got the radish sword. He's already like... This is like a this is a sweet sixteen contender already. Like, <laughs> like, this guy could go all the way. I feel like he's got that type of star yeah. power behind him. So so we have uh, Miuro Tunosuke moving forward. Yeah, I'm gonna. Go, I think Tunosuke takes this one. Okay, all right, Tuna Man, moving on to the next round. So, moving on to Group B, we have. Oh. Oh, this is harder. Kunokake-san, who is a mischievous potty mouth ghost who haunts the <laughs> historical Kunokake Road in Kyoto, what? Japan. He's a potty mouth ghost. To describe this, it's not really a ghost in the traditional sense, but it is. It almost looks like like a red faced grandma with like <laughs> yeah. a blanket around her. It's very interesting. I, I encourage this anyone listening so to look wacky. these. It looks like he won up. some kind of award, maybe. <laughs> yeah okay yeah, he's got a little ribbon um and then we also have unidan which is a bowl of sea urchin on rice so to describe it it's it is a little man with spiky hair and he is wearing a bowl as pants mm-hmm. and, oh, I, and i cutie. i think you will see bowls as a motif throughout a lot of these mascots so does he have something in his pants i think it's i think noodles. those are supposed to be oh noodles? it's rice yeah Oh, rice. Okay. Little rice grains. Oh, because he's sea urchin on rice, I see. Yes. Hope he washed that rice. So we have a potty mouth ghost versus a <laughs> sea urchin wearing a bowl as pants. Mm. Mm. This one's a lot harder. It is a lot harder. I mean, first thoughts out there, fighting a ghost, pretty hard. Yeah. I don't know he's if it's- non-corporeal. A, yeah, I don't so know like, if it's a ghost you can like phase through, but- right. You are fighting a yeah, ghost, and that's that's hard. And and I, I don't find a sea urchin to be necessarily that threatening. He's got the spikes, that's the, but that's like that's the true. only thing going. And yeah, like, what they, if yeah, they could be poisonous? I what guess if, if like, the ghost is already dead? Yeah. And if my guy Kinunuke-san or Kinukake-san, if he has like uh, Patrick Swayze powers, like he could like take over. <laughs> Unidon and just like control his body and it's like game uh-huh. over. And he could fight at a roadhouse. <laughs> and then he can have like a yeah, and he could have like a a really intimate sequence with uh with a Righteous Brothers song. <laughs> uh give me give me your feelings. What do you what is what are we what are we swaying towards? I feel like I want to say the ghost just because I like him more. Yeah. But but I don't Yeah, he's a definitely have a strong definitely argument a... about like his specific winning ability. Other than this if you want to assume that you can't even land a blow on him. I mean, that's because he's, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, all right, he's a ghost. That seems almost unfair. I think that would be unfair and probably ruin the bracket altogether. But I, (laughs) I, I'm going to say you, you can land blows on him. So, Will, where are you leaning on all this? I think I got to go with ghost boy by the logic of my own universe. As I have constructed (laughs) it. I, I got to go with the ghost as well. Yeah, I, me too. I, I will say I put Unidon in there. I was like, I don't know if he's going to 
have a good argument for him, but I'd say I'd I'd say he put up a fair fight. Yeah. But he does have it, the cuteness it will be, factor. I will give that yeah. to him. Uh, but it looks like Kunikake-san is moving on. Moving on. Boom. Kunikake-san. All right, we're at Group C. So, Group C, we have. Oh wow! The, this is getting the funky. reveal is always so exciting. <laughs> we have what? <laughs> we have Sachi Iumikun, uh, which is a mix what? of a horse's head and a golden killer whale. Okay, this is just getting it's, abstract. It's the mascot for the Horse Racing Association in Aichi, Japan. Oh, <laughs> what does the killer whale have to do with horse racing? I think I, I think I've I've already made up my mind. But yes, please um, continue. I think. And then we have. <laughs> This this guy, this guy might be, he's my favorite. Oh my so god! Far, For the listener, sure. it is a horse's head with a fish tail, and then two feet underneath him. Okay. Um, and then, and then he this will guy. be fighting, uh, Chiki Nan Bancho, which this is a guy. delinquent chicken. He's a yakuza chicken. He's it is the what? best. For the listener, it is a chicken with angry eyes, uh, a tuft of hair, and wearing. Yeah, a, a, a kind of a kind of a red shirt and kind of a leather jacket or a kind of a kind of a intimidating like gangster yeah. outfit. When you when you when you visualize the phrase a delinquent chicken, you're probably pretty close yeah. to what this actually looks like. <laughs> I love this dude. He's a, he's a he's an old school 80s like chicken gangster. He looks like He's kind of like Howard the Duck. Yeah. The 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 horse head is messed up and i think he's i think he's seen some i mean he's a he's half fish and half horse that's and just mm-hmm. yeah definitely seen some stuff i mean i i he's he doesn't have any hands he's just got his two feet yeah. so i don't really see him defending himself in any way he no. does have a horse's mouth and horses can be mean i mean they can they can bite yeah he could do um, like a pretty uh substantial tail whip maybe oh yes he could he could he could i mean yeah if he if he can if he can slap his whale tail uh, at the same power that a horse can kick you, then I think he could be threatening. Mm. But yeah. uh, Cheeky Nan is just like, I mean, he just has the look of a badass. Like he's, he's just the dude you don't want to fight. He's yeah. the guy who's like, see you out by the flagpole, dude. Yes. He's a delinquent <laughs> chicken. I'll meet you out by the horse track. Uh, I think he's somebody who would get in the head of his opponent of his opponent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, he, he's already ready to fight. Like, yeah, he's ready to go. I yeah. mean, I I I'm gonna call it. It's 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 Chicky Non. So yeah, let's yeah. Boncho uh, boy. Yep. Uh, so it's chitty- moving on to the next round. It's Chicky yeah. Non yeah. Boncho. Chicky Chicky Bang yeah. Bang. And I'd like to suggest to the uh to the municipality of Aichi, Japan, to. So maybe you have a soul search with themselves and ask exactly <laughs> what the fuck's going on with this <laughs> horse head whale thing. All right. So moving on to group D. Mm. 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 Oh boy. Oh, see, here you go. Here you go. We Spiritual powers. Tohama Mamaru, which is a mountain with a path winding around it, a cloud for a I nose and it. a hot tub hat. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> and then we have uh, Donji and... Udonko Chan, which are a pair of noodle ghosts, um, which one of one being the bull as a ghost and the other being uh, the noodles as a ghost. And f- 
to, wow. to describe it, the, the bowl has two eyes and a mustache, mm-hmm. and then the noodles have like red lips and hands and then chopsticks, mm-hmm. and the noodles are the hair of this ghost. It's uh, oh, man. It's terrifying. It's a two for one. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to say anything yet, but we have, a, we have a cute mountain with a hot tub hat versus a ghost noodle bowl. How how so, big is this mountain, man? Um, I mean, it's got three roads winding around it, like hula hoops. I mean, like, are we talking literal mountain size? I think we're talking, yeah, we're talking like large hill he... size. Okay, so he's like a giant. Mm. Yes, mm. he's also got that staff, which I like. In he my does mind, have a walking I wanna, stick. I want to think like it's got some magic powers or something. Like that. <laughs> But it's the hot tub hat that I love the most. Yeah. It's like it's the inn at the top of the mountain. Yeah, the hot tub hat rules. I just keep thinking like if he's like a giant hill yeah. or mountain, he yeah, he's got like he does have like weather. Could he pour out yeah. his uh, his hot tub water on his opponents? Yeah, yeah. There's like some steamy hot tub water up in that yeah. thing. He's got he's got the weapon already built in. Yeah. Uh huh. Hmm. This is a difficult choice. Mm. I mean, unless and get we got another ghost, is it like you know just can pass through the mountain no problem? I'm gonna say that this ghost can't because it seems to be affected by the chopsticks. I think if if I were thinking through this logically, if the mountain was able to pour its hot tub water onto the noodles, and it would overcook the noodles. Ooh. (laughs) I mean, no one likes overcooked noodles. They're soggy. Nobody. Mm, they just disintegrate. Just send them and right then back. That, and then that bowl without its noodles—it's just a bowl. It's got—it's got no—it's got, no, got no powers. It's nothing. So <laughs> Tuninosuke would take that bowl and just wear it. I—I I mean, like, I'm going to lean towards Toyamamaru as far as this fight goes. Yeah, that's that was my pick. So count okay. me with the mountain. That's man. All right, the Wait, mountain maybe. is moving on. So, okay. Getting to group E, we have oh. Yokan, Yokan Ueman, who is a samurai whose head is a block of jellied sweet bean paste. Oh, I love him. And uh, Daikon Chama, uh. which is a friendly radish and the unofficial mascot for the Ota Ward in Tokyo. <laughs> to describe the radish, oh, it is a radish with hands, legs, and then kind of a like emoji style face, like very. Do you remember? Yeah, like like ju- the, uh, just 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 like line eyes and a very like a line mouth, like not much to it. But do you remember that like old blue like iMac face? Like it was yeah. The, that's what it looked like to me. It has that the like, finder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the expression, yes. like the thin lines. But I love Yokan, <laughs> who is. I mean, it's a, it's a samurai with a a jellied sweet bean paste, like a block, like a, like a, she oh, has like he a looks block great. head. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think yeah. her sword is a toothpick. That's so it's mm. fantastic. I mean, yeah. the look is great. The design is fantastic. Yes. So the I mean, face is super cute. Hard not to uh, to to vote for the uh, the one wielding a weapon. Yes. Know, right. In yes. This instance. Yeah. And I mean, a friendly radish, not that intimidating. But yeah, doesn't even I have mean, the spice like... factor. So reading the room, are we are we thinking samurai? Yeah. I think I got samurai. Yeah, got to go Yokan with the samurai. Uemon. All right, Yokan is moving on. 
He's got a duel with Tunanosuke at midnight by a river. <laughs> Tunanosuke is so cool. I told you, man, he's got staying power. He's going all the way. All right, all right. So we got group F here. Group F is... <laughs> <laughs> we have Hoku Buchu. <laughs> oh, man. What the hell? Oh, my God. Mm, which is a hybrid of a firefly and a middle-aged office manager. This is... Um, which... <laughs> That's so specific. It looks like somebody just dressed as a bee. I or love a, it. Or a firefly in this case. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. And then we also have Mamezo, which is a mix of a soybean and a cat dressed in old-school hip-hop attire. <laughs> oh, man. This dude... It's already there. He's got the Run DMC look. Yep. He looks fantastic. Yep. Oh, and he's the mascot for Channel Neko, a Japanese movie channel. And Neko is cat. Literally Channel Cat, yeah. yeah. So, Do you just get to watch cats on the channel all the time? Oh, I, boy, <laughs> it's I old so. school hip-hop cat. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I, okay, so old school hip-hop versus office manager dressed as a this, <laughs> God. I mean, well, they're manager, not in a uh, they're not in a break dancing battle. No, yeah, but uh, and I think that office manager looks kind of mean. So, and who knows what he's got in his briefcase there? She, she does seem like she has no appetite for bullshit. But what's she really going to do besides, like, yeah, like hit you with the briefcase? Uh, yeah. Shine, shine the firefly light to find you. <laughs> Ooh, got the got the big brightness. But it's not going to work on uh, Mamezo because he's got sunglasses. Yes. You're right. <laughs> Future's so All bright, right. I had to wear shades. He's got a built-in defense. Okay. Mamezo right. is is a cat with sunglasses, what appear to be uh, Air Force Ones, and then a gold <laughs> chain. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, he's he's no one to mess with. Yeah, man, he's is he wearing gloves? Or is yeah, he man, just have got, different colored paws? He's got some gloves. He's got some glove action. I think he's wearing gloves and socks. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's, Do we think that the yeah. Firefly uh, office manager can fly? Uh, um, I mean, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, assuming, I mean, I don't know how big he is. Right. But, uh, like, if the wings can carry the weight of a middle-aged mm-hmm. office manager. <laughs> yeah. But cats can jump very high, so hmm. maybe that's maybe this is no threat. And look how cool he looks. He's a cool cat. Mm-hmm. A middle a middle aged <laughs> office manager is no one to mess with, but it's got to go to the cat this time. So, Mamezo, you are yep. moving yes. on. Mamezo. Again, these are real mascots that represent real places. <laughs> All right, this oh, this might be the yeah. toughest one oh, in many in man. many ways. All right, so we have this is. Uh, we have Shachikov, which is a pro oh. wrestling orca. What? On a mission to eradicate bullies. Oh, <laughs> that's so great. But then we might have one of the more disturbing ones in here, this... which is Zombear, which is a zombie bear from Otaru who swings his intestines around. This is dark. Which is, it looks like a teddy bear with blood and cuts and stuffing coming out of it. And then it is holding what appear to be intestines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a sausage link, but they're supposed <laughs> to be his intestines. Yeah, and his eyes yes. are like misshapen, and he's got blood on his lips. And he is going up against a pro wrestling orca. Huh. So kind of looks I like mean, a left shark. It it does look like a shark, <laughs> but, but apparently it's an orca. Um, wow. 
And it's a, it's on a mission to eradicate bullying. So, you know, it's got yeah. motive. I mean, what's a greater bully than a zombie trying to eat? True. Yes. Legit. Doesn't know the answer, no. And if he's going to eradicate bullying, <laughs> I mean, eradicate, that's, that's, that's strong words. Yeah. My guy also looks like he's in the middle of like a wrestling ring. Yes. So he's already ready to throw down. Yes. Like, yeah. This is, this is his bread and butter. But Zombear's, yeah, I mean. Zombear is a zombie, so, I mean. Right. Zombies just keep <laughs> How coming. How can you kill that which has no life? <laughs> but maybe, maybe, uh, maybe destroying the brain. If 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 mm. we're going by zombie logic, he does have a weakness. Yeah. I guess I want to look. I want to think about like how I mean, Shachikov has the agility and like the precise technical fighting skill versus like the pure just raw rage strength of Zombear. Yeah, but I'm not sure he was going to fail. Like I feel like this could go either way. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's 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 give our final thoughts. Who do we think is moving on? I want to believe that like like so many of his of his great predecessors <laughs> who, who fight for goodness and justice and and the American slash Japanese way. Uh, I want to believe that Shachikov is like he's not going to give up. Even when he's got the intestines like wrapped around his neck and he can't move, and he's he's like he's gonna be like, mm, yeah. I can't give in this easily, and then he's just gonna rip them <laughs> off, and he's just gonna like suplex that bear right through the pavement, and yeah. it's gonna be like, don't mess yeah. with me, I am not so easily taken down. I will eradicate yep. bullying. I will not. I will not bully. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. I I like that. Well, I think Shachikov is moving on. Okay, final group, final introduction to our competitors. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then we go to the quarters and then semis and then final. Oh, boy. So group H, we have two of my personal (laughs) favorites. Hey. Uh, We have Azarashi which is a mix of a seal and a toilet. <laughs> and it is a character from the Japanese housework organizing app, uh, Smuzu. Great, great mm. app name. Um, and it is literally a toilet with a seal head uh, <laughs> and a bidet, no less. Wow. Um, and we'll be fighting uh, uh, Ramu Pei, which is a lamb, <laughs> a, fried, a, fri- a mascot for fried lamb noodles, which it is a sheep whose fur appears to be fried and with ingredients inside <laughs> of it. So Yeah, and some chopsticks. Wow. And some chopsticks in its yeah. fur. You got a little, so, uh, little carrot, little uh, green onion scallion in there. Yep. Even a little bit it, of it, Tobiko on the top. It looks like a fried sheep, <laughs> for lack of a, wow. for lack of a better <laughs> That's description. It. That's it. It's a fried sheep, folks. Don't overthink it. <laughs> A lot of these, it's like, yeah, you, you like you look at it, you're like, oh, okay. Uh, but describe describing mm-hmm. it is much more difficult. Um, I love how they all have to be not all of them, but like the the seal and the toilet. Like, it there's no real connection between the seal and the toilet. Nope. Uh, they just yeah. like you know, that's just a combination. It's not just a toilet. It's also a seal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's. It it might be one of my favorites, just from the sheer audacity. Like they went there, they combined a seal with a toilet. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
And it's even got a little like, again, it's got a little bidet. It's got a little water shooting out from the toilet mm-hmm. seat. Like, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, in this context, immediately uh, your mind goes to the ways that it can use that. Right. Utilize that uh, water spout. It's true. I mean, that's that's where mine goes. If I go, if I know one thing, it's if you get water on fried foods, it's all over. Oh. Tastes like crap. Is that true? Just, I I've actually never. I thought if since it's fried, it would have a kind of a caramelized exterior. I mean, if you get enough water on it, though, it's just gonna like Sog. start soaking. In. Yeah, it's gonna get soggy. It's gonna get mm. nasty. Well, I, I mean. Just, this just is the to, natural enemy. Just the natural to, enemy of the fried sheep is the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in, oh, in, in a man. twisted, weird version of rock, paper, scissors, you've got... <laughs> toilet, fried sheep, and yeah. zombie bear. Well, I think, just to call it, I think Azari-shi is moving on. Yeah. So, yeah. let's do it. Give it up for Azari-shi. Hey. Hooray. Okay, so we are at the quarterfinals. We are going to go to our first pairing. This will be a toughie. We're going to put Miuri Tunanosuke versus Kinukake-san. So we have Tuna Samurai versus Ghost with a Blanket. Mm, I wonder how fast um, uh, Kinukake-san is. Yeah. Looks old. Yeah. He does look old. Like, it looks like an old woman. Like a little grant, yeah, granny ghost, kind of hunched <laughs> hunched over. He's got the little hunchback. Yeah. I mean, and and just as a mascot, like, I, uh, Tuna, uh, Tuna Nosuke is just, look at, like, look at him. What a, what a. Yeah, man. What a prideful It's just guy. like, it's like the Brad Pitt of all these guys. <laughs> just like, it's just these oozing masculine so energy. Yeah. Just star power. Just like, he's just vomiting it up. He's not even trying. Yeah. God. I think he's also like, I want to believe he's like so proficient with that daikon radish that he can like transubstantiate and land a blow on Ghost Dude just because he's like that good. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to cut through like, like space and time and, and <laughs> get this ghost. All right. Well, I think, I mean, that was pretty easy, but I think uh, Tuna Nosuke is moving on. Boom. Yeah. Okay. My guy. So now, <laughs> for our second battle, oh boy. we have Tough one. Chikinan Bancho, the delinquent chicken, versus Toyama Maru, the mountain <laughs> with a cloud nose and a hot tub hat. As a side note, uh, Darren, the way you just said that, you were like, "What's his name?" Sorry, the uh, oh yeah, chicken on Bancho, delinquent chicken. Just like I heard that in the <laughs> same cadence as the <laughs> bare naked lady song. Chicken China, the Chinese chicken. <laughs> chicken chickeny Bancho, delinquent chicken. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow, it really works. <laughs> wow. Ah oh, man. I love it. I mean, I, I definitely have a favorite of these two, but like Battle Royale style. Oh, boy. Mm. I mean, it's tough, I dude. Mean, it just feels like an odd matchup, to be, yeah. to be honest, because like I just don't know the the weapons that either of them or the, 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 the fighting style that either of them may approach the other with almost feels incompatible. He's, See, now here's a question. If he's that much of a delinquent, what if he just like looks up at this? He's like... Man, you're gonna have me fight a mountain. I'm out of here. Like, oh. what if he just doesn't care? Think, he's like, "This was so is, fun." Is that a, 
until it wasn't fun and like does that mean he loses he just gives up by technicality yeah maybe he's like i'm just like i know i'm gonna look bad going up against this mountain dude and i don't want to look bad because i got like hot chick ladies who are like waiting for me back home (laughs) and Mm -hmm. i don't want to look like not a badass so i'm just gonna say like i'm just bored Mm -hmm. i don't yeah i'm out yeah i don't know this is my just some vibe that I'm getting. I don't it does know. It g- does give me that vibe of like, if I can't win, why bother? Like, I don't work for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Mountain Man think, wins. I think I got to give it to him. All right. So, Choyamaru is moving on. Boom. Mountain gonna give it to him. <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. Tough matchup here. Ooh. All right. So, we have the samurai jellied bean paste of Yokan Ueman versus... Mamizo, the hip hop cat. You, the thing is, this like one of these people has a has a weapon. Yes. Yeah. And that 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 is so. I mean, it just makes you want to lean towards that. Yeah. Automatically, although he also uh, uh, Mamizo has a uh, he has a gold chain. Could swing that around. Yeah. Yeah. Bludgeoning weapon. Some, yep. Hmm. Also, if he hasn't been declawed, he can take those gloves off. He's like, that's what I'm getting serious. <laughs> and also probably more agility. I don't know. I just yeah. feel like the blockhead. Ooh. Is and you know what? Slow him down. That's he a has good no point. peripheral vision. Good yes. Point. That's the thing. Like you're all facing the front. If you could just get him to the side, then you're pretty much like you got him cornered. And if his head really is just like jellied sweet bean paste, then you take those claws out. And you turn that stuff into succotash real damn quick. Yeah. Like. Yes, that's mm. true. Yeah, I think it's, I would uh, go with him. I like it. Mamazo. All right, Mamazo, you Let's are moving on. Cat. Boom. All right. Oh boy, tough matchup here. <laughs> so now we have. Oh no. Shachi. <laughs> I don't think this. Shachikov, yeah. the pro wrestling orca, versus Azari Shi, the seal that is a toilet. I mean, I think I got this. Honestly, one. you do like a some kind of suplex. That porcelain smashed. <laughs> if yeah. You... Plus, he's an the edge only here is like water, but it's an yeah. orca. Yeah. So like, You're not wrong. And I mean, classically, seal versus orca. Orca is gonna orca is gonna win. Oh yeah, yeah obviously. Man. I didn't even think oh, about yeah. that. <laughs> Oh no! That's actually that's the man. That's hardcore clinching. Yeah, out there. I, natural natural that. predator to prey. Legitimate. Actual I think if if, if Shachikov's going off the top rope, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> bye bye. I don't. I don't. It doesn't matter what water pressure you give. That orc is going to come down on you. Mm. Yeah, I'm sorry. He's 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 doing an upper an upper decker on us. Yep. Oh man. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I'll I'll call it immediately. Uh, yeah, that one was a little. As, as much as I love uh, Azari Shi, the the seal that is a toilet, I get the, gotta give it to Shachikov, who is moving on. Boom! I love it. All right, all right. Final wow, four. Here we go. All right, we have Miura Tunanosuke versus Toyamamaru. Okay. In the semis. All right. So I'll posit something. Okay. All right. So. <laughs> So ready. Uh, I'm kind of revealing, revealing more of the weebness over here. But uh, Kimetsu no Yaiba, uh, Demon Slayer, 
on uh, Netflix is currently available. It's a really fun series. Great series. There's a moment where, after considerable training, a protagonist uh, is able to slice through a very, very large rock after basically practicing for like a year to just okay. like master this weapon. And like it's his last big barrier to like becoming a fully fledged like master demon slayer or swordsman. And I'm sorry if it, if it sounds very vague, it's because I'm trying to preserve uh, the freshness mm -hmm. so that you can actually enjoy it when you watch it. But I just see Tununosuke as being the guy who like he's done the training. He can cut through the mountain with that kind of sword. <laughs> there's there's very few on earth who can do it. And maybe it's just him. But like mm -hmm. he can do it. He's got that that elite concentration and ability. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it. I mean, the other thing is I just don't we've kind of let uh Toyomamaru up to this point sort of sort of pass through by sh just sheer mass right yes he's not necessarily been f that much of a fighter yeah and i don't think he is a fighter i think he's a lover <laughs> i think i think toya <laughs> totally mamaro just i think toya mamaro just wandered into this battle royale not really expecting uh -huh. to put up a fight and no one could defeat him yeah until now yeah tunanosuke is going to the finals mm. Oh, it's like I said it, man. I called it way back <laughs> when. Home dog is going to be there. All right. Got some real celebrities in this next fight. <laughs> uh, Mamezo, Hip Hop Cat, Shachikov. Amazing. Pro Wrestling Orca. <laughs> about to eradicate. Eradicate oh. bullying. You know, wrestler and Hip Hop Cat. I don't know. Yeah, I think... Uh, I don't know. Well... What what do we feel is is Mamazo's attitude? Is he is he a bully? I think could he be a bully? I think Shachikov could perceive him as a bully because of his bad attitude. Mm. Is he a hater? Yeah, he, I mean he looks a little grumpy, or not grumpy. Maybe he's he's just got like an aggressive stance. Yeah, and if he's an old school know? hip, he's trying to he's trying to seem hard. If he's an old school hip hop cat, I mean he's gonna throw down some bars, try to get in your head a little bit. Like he's. I was gonna say like if I was writing this. I would in the conflict. I would say like, Mamazo actually like somehow like gets Shachikov to agree that like this isn't like a physical fight, but it actually it's a rap battle. <laughs> like, so like yeah. we're like cheering like yeah, he's the protagonist. Like Shachikov is like, oh I don't rap much, but like this is the way he's got to fight and this is the way this battle got to go down. So I've got to beat him at his own game. Mm -hmm. I mean I could see him. I could see uh, Shachikov rapping in the same way you might imagine like hulk hogan rapping oh boy yeah <laughs> where it's like yeah he could do it it would be yeah. corny yeah. as hell it's not real cool when you're at school because yeah, if you're exactly, a bully yeah. you're also a fool <sighs> brother brother <laughs> oh yeah um oh yeah hmm i think i i kind of have a feeling that shachikov would see mamezo as a bully just just from the mm. pure, yeah. Uh, just just for like a motive standpoint, mm -hmm. like could be a zealot. He's like, you're getting in the way of my mission to eradicate bullying, which means you're bullying me. Final thoughts? Are we feeling? I want to see Shachkov's mission. I want to see. Yeah, I think it would be him. 
Yeah. Yeah, I gotta give it to Shachikov as well. He's also just more of a fighter in general. Like he's got. Yeah. He's he's a wrestler. I mean, he's built for this. That's right. Yep. I mean, we said Mamizo had speed and cunning, but I think Shachikov is is more more of a trained fighter, more of a veteran at this. So I gotta say that Shachikov is moving on. In the words of Macho Man Randy Savage, let the cream rise to the top. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, well, now we got a we got a, fi- a fish off. Oh man, we got a fish off. It's official. We got a fish off. I. Uh, all right, for the finals, we have Tuninosuke versus Shachikov. Gentlemen, <sighs> oh, what do boy. we think? Both have man. a righteous cause. Oh man, what uh, what is Tuninosuke's cause? Does he have a cause? I mean, I think he lives by the samurai code, and and mm. his code is just uh, is is honor and and sure, you know, decency. Yeah, yeah, a warm bed. And I mean, but what what, I, what I'm thinking right now is he's got that samurai armor. Can Shachkov mm. from the high wire like can he can he break through that? And part of me thinks he could. So mm. yeah. Mm. It's 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 samurai versus wrestler. It's it's real hard. You know, when we started this, I figured that my boy Tuninosuke was gonna go all the way to the top. I was gonna take this. But somewhere along the way, somewhere along the way, I found myself stride and stride with Shachikov's journey to eliminate bullying. <laughs> and I felt I mean, like it's something we could all get behind. It's a mission. Yeah, it's a feel good story, right? Yeah. This is it is a feel good yeah, story. The, this is like Tuninosuke, master of the radish sword. Yeah. You know, he's not so easily overwhelmed. But does he have the conviction? <laughs> does he have the conviction? Because how can you really, how can you really stand up against mm. a guy who wants to feed bully? Yeah. Also, you do a pile driver into that bowl on his head, that bowl's going to crack. <laughs> so. I mean. <laughs> it's hard, but I, but I, I mean, Tuninosuke has been a, he's been a fighter and a champion throughout this too. But yeah, mm, mm. gentlemen, have we decided that Shachikov deserves the March mascot madness? I think uh, t- title. He's gone. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he's I going so. to plus ultra, my friend. Shachikov's got it. Uh, plus ultra, Shachikov. Congratulations, you have won Yay! the March mascot madness. <laughs> uh, Bullying is over. Bullying's over. <laughs> did it everybody <laughs> <laughs> oh boy well that was fun uh thank thank you for uh well for, I'll, I'll i'll thank the listener for putting up with that <laughs> game and uh hope hopefully you were rooting for shotchkoff all the way congrats again mm-hmm. unless you're a bully <sighs> but also i want to say thank you to wilson for being on this boy, podcast boy. will thanks again for coming on uh, always, always a treat. So really Thanks appreciate. very much for having me. Um, is there anything at this time that you want to shout out to the world? I mean, it can be anything really. So, uh, the mic is yours at this point, man. Uh, yeah. If, uh, if you want to be friends on Twitter or anything else, you can always find me. Uh, I'm pretty much easy to find. It's just Wilson Skomel. Uh, that's S K O M as in Michael A L. Um, but yeah, come say hello. But, uh, yeah. At this point, uh, 
go cook you wanker do something <laughs> do something fun it doesn't taste like shit do it for you don't do it for anyone else uh but yeah and shout out to gordon ramsay for those those lessons that's right thanks gordon uh kyle anything to shout out no i mean i i would echo the the ramsay pledge go go make some fun meals yeah go Have go yeah go explore Still, a little bit yeah take the ramsay pledge <laughs> <laughs> take take the, the Ramsey challenge. Huh? Yeah. I, I I will also uh echo and, and shout out just cooking for yourself and trying new things. Um it's not always easy, but it can be rewarding. Um yeah. And so towards the end of this podcast, I'd like to ask our listeners if you'd like, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Um you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Yeah, and and again I'd like to thank all of our competitors in the uh the March mascot uh, bracket. Um, y'all put up a good fight. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, we want to echo Shachikov's message of no bullying. If you're a bully, stop it. Um, <laughs> yeah, please. And uh, o- o- otherwise, <laughs> a, a wrestling shark is going to come after you. So, But, anyways, from all of us mm-hmm. here at Scratch Track, we'll say see you yeah. later. Bye. <laughs>